Hi, this is Ed Fitzpatrick. If you enjoy local politics as much as I do, be sure to join our friends at Rhode Island PBS for the show A Lively Experiment. Hosted by Jim Hummel, the weekly series features journalists, pundits, and politicians debating the stories and issues that matter most to us Rhode Islanders. Tune in to A Lively Experiment and be part of the conversation. Fridays at 7 p.m. on Rhode Island PBS and wherever you get your podcasts. From the Boston Globe, this is Rhode Island Report. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to the podcast where we bring you big conversations from our very small state. It's easy to assume that giving birth in the United States is pretty low risk, but according to a new documentary, women in America die of pregnancy-related causes at a rate that's up to 10 times higher than in countries like Japan, Spain, and Germany. The Risk of Giving Birth, a three-part series by Rhode Island PBS, digs into the dangers of pregnancy, especially among women of color. Dr. Pablo Rodriguez knows a few things about this topic. He provided medical care for women for more than 30 years and continues to advocate for Latino health literacy through Nuestra Salud Productions. Our conversation after quick break. When you want to go beyond the headlines, let me recommend Rhode Island PBS Weekly. Rhode Island PBS Weekly is an award-winning news magazine broadcast that gives you the full story, powered by investigative journalism and narrative storytelling. New episodes of Rhode Island PBS Weekly drop Sundays at 7.30 p.m. on Rhode Island PBS. Watch past episodes at ripbs.org slash weekly. That's ripbs.org slash weekly. Welcome back. We're here with Dr. Pablo Rodriguez, a longtime public health advocate and CEO of Nuestra Salud Productions. Welcome, Dr. Rodriguez. Pleasure to be here. So, Dr. Stadasov, providing us with an overview of the issues explored in this new Rhode Island PBS series, The Risk of Giving Birth. A very interesting series by PBS, and I'm so glad that I'm a member of the board of directors. Uh, I have to give that disclosure right away. It's a series that explores the crisis of maternal deaths that is happening in this country. For the last 20 years, there's been a complete increase in the number of people dying in pregnancy, especially women of color. The reasons are very complex, but as time goes by, we have come to the realization that uh, racism is a very important aspect uh, of this issue. And the series explores the maternal death rates uh, among African-Americans and Latinas, which are a little bit different, but are really at crisis levels and much more higher than you would expect from a developed nation. One of the more shocking statistics in the episode was that the maternal mortality rate among Latinas jumped by 54% between 2020 and 2021. So what do you attribute that to? Some of it obviously had to do with the pandemic. Uh, The pandemic uh, was really a a huge stressor to the Latino community. In the episode, third episode, we see the city of Central Falls uh, and uh, the fact that uh, Central Falls had rates of COVID that was comparable to the worst countries in the world, not just to the worst states, but the worst countries uh, in the world. Yeah. What are some of the factors that were exacerbated by the pandemic that affected pregnant women? 
the same things that make the pandemic so difficult for communities of color, the social determinants of health, the place where people live, the place where people work, the place where people play. This is something that impacts severely uh, the health of communities. And when you're talking about pregnant women, even more. With Latinas, it's very interesting. There's something called the immigrant paradox. Mm. Uh, the immigrant paradox is something that for many, many years was considered a very fringe theory. But as time has uh, gone by, we have realized that this is a real issue. Immigrant mothers that are coming into this country pregnant have better outcomes than their daughter and their granddaughter huh. because their daughter and granddaughter are growing up in the United States being exposed to the stressors that black women are subjected to in terms of racism, isolation, um, and all the social determinants of health. And this is something that it's a biological effect. Sometimes people think that, oh, stress, you know, what is stress? Well, stress causes secretions of important hormones that help you run away from a tiger when you were a caveman, right? Mm. But when you're exposed to those hormones on a constant basis, that has a biological effect on all your organs, mm. uh, especially issues of high blood pressure, cardiac disease. Those are s severely affected by uh, the increase of stress hormones in the body. And that was connected to a professor in the episode who talked about the concept of weathering and how that might explain the immigrant paradox. So just tell us, what is weathering? It is a physiological stress in addition to a psychological stress. So just imagine if you are a young African-American woman going into Nordstrom. That woman is going to be subjected to more uh, surveillance. Uh, people are going to be coming up to her saying, uh, can I help you uh, with an attitude of what are you doing here? And that multiplies over and over and over again during the day, during the week. And you're always in this sense of people are after me. That is what causes the secretion of cortisol, which is one of the um, stress hormones that can have a serious impact on blood vessels and therefore blood pressure, the heart, and all the other organs, the kidneys. Uh, so it is an actual physiological effect caused by the environment that you are subjected to every day. This happens to African-American women in addition to immigrant uh, women. And I was struck by you saying that second and third generations of immigrants have worse outcomes, even though the immigrants are going through, their, as you put it, like they're in the desert, like, you know, <laughs> crossing, crossing the desert, the desert to get to the United States. Yeah. Tell me about that. Is the sense of family and belonging that they have in the countries they're coming from a big deal? Absolutely. Not just that. The process of getting to the United States becomes a positive event in their lives, not a negative one. Even though it's a difficult one, it becomes a positive event because I have been able to get to the United States to have a better life for myself and for my children. Even if that life is very, very hard, it is hope. Mm. Uh, what people don't understand is that your brain really has a lot of effects on your body. And the fact that people feel happy, feel fulfilled, is something that will be better for your health than if you are in a constant state of persecution, in a constant state of discrimination, in a constant state of people looking over your shoulder. What can be done to support 
these mothers in terms of their mental health to, to address those physiological impacts. And that's a very important uh, aspect of maternal death, especially when we look at pregnancy-related deaths, which happen all the way up to one year after the baby is born. One of the things that I came to learn during this documentary is the fact that the number one cause of pregnancy-related deaths postpartum is mental health issues. Huh. I would have thought that it was high blood pressure, heart disease, kidneys, diabetes, but no, it is actually mental health issues. One out of five pregnant women have mental health issues uh, in this country. With postpartum depression becoming a really, really pro big problem uh, for women uh, and one of the leading causes of suicide for women of reproductive age is something that really uh, we need to pay more attention because in the past, when I was an obstetrician, you know, we would deliver the baby and we would say, congratulations, see you in six weeks. And after the six weeks, we would say, congratulations, we see you next year for your pap smear and your mammogram. And no connection, no investigation, not even a questioning about, you know, how you feel, you know, are you depressed, you know, do you have enough to eat, do you, you know, where do you live? And that is the good news. The good news is that we have come to realize that those issues are very important and that we cannot just throw pregnant women you know, with children out on the street after they deliver, that we need to have a, a much more comprehensive surveillance system that looks specifically at the mental health of new mothers uh, specifically. And the episode makes the point that it can be particularly hard for Latina mothers to admit that they're struggling. Why is that and how do you get through to them? That uh, theory is my mom's theory. So <laughs> I usually use my mother uh, as an example. My mother was a really wonderful, loving, giving person, but she didn't believe in depression. <laughs> she, she believed that depression was something that, you know, weak people had. Uh, if you have food, if you have uh, a good life, why are you depressed? And especially if you had a baby and your baby is healthy, what are you worried about? Why are you depressed? This is something that is surrounds a pregnant woman of all races. This is not just uh, Latinas. Pregnant women of all races are surrounded by people congratulating them and telling them what a wonderful thing and what a wonderful baby, how lucky you are. When in reality, if you have mental health issues, those kinds of environments actually make it worse for you to feel better, and most importantly, makes it impossible for you to ask help from the people that surround you and from your providers. Mm. Last year, I wrote about how you launched Rhode Island's first Spanish language health website, nuestrasalud.com, meaning our health. So does that website address these issues of maternal health we're talking about? Absolutely. You know, part of the website includes podcasts just like this. Uh, I have one podcast on, on maternal mortality, and I have many podcasts on uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, prenatal care, and all the issues that you need to learn in order to become uh, health literate, literate. And the underlying message is that you need to be an informed consumer of healthcare, not just be a passive consumer. You need to know the questions that you're going to ask before you get to the doctor. You don't want to wait to get to the doctor and then 
figure out in 15 minutes, what am I going to ask? You have to be prepared. And creating a prepared patient, uh, to me, has always been uh, the most important thing. And you've said your website focuses on mothers. Why? Well, women are the uh, deciders when it comes to healthcare. Uh, in, in any family, the, the overwhelming majority are the ones who decide what insurance we're going to have, what doctor we're going to have, you know, who's going to be the pediatrician. All those issues uh, are um, usually decided by women. And therefore, if I can get you know, a good number of women to become health literate, they're going to become uh, better for their families. So in 2021, Rhode Island passed a law that requires health insurance companies to cover doula services. Tell us what uh, about the work of doulas and how that addresses the outcomes that we're talking about. So there, there are not a lot of doctors that speak Spanish, for example. So in, in terms of Latinas, you know, to have a doula, a companion that is with you throughout the pregnancy and throughout the delivery, uh, being able to translate for you, being able to explain things to you in a way that you don't feel inhibited from asking is worth a lot. And not just <laughs> for the mother to feeling better, the studies have shown that uh, there's a decrease in cesarean section rates on women that deliver with hmm. uh, doulas accompanying them because they're more they're more prepared. They know what to expect. They know the they know when to push. They know what to do during pregnancy, and they don't feel alone. You know, deliveries can sometimes feel very very. Uh, lonely uh, for someone, especially someone that doesn't speak English and is surrounded by people uh, speaking in, in English. And just to go back to legislation, the General Assembly is in, in session now. Is there any state legislation needed to further address this issue? There is a committee, a state committee that looks at maternal morbidity and mortality. That committee should be fully funded and given more resources to be able to investigate this issue, especially the issue of maternal morbidity. But morbidity is the complications that threaten the life of women after pregnancy or during pregnancy. So if you have a cesarean section, if you have an infection, if you have bleeding, uh, if you have high blood pressure, those are issues that are related to complications uh, of pregnancy that can happen all the way up to one year after delivery. The numbers of maternal mortality are so low here in Rhode Island that it's very hard to get any conclusions. But our morbidity rate is twice the rate of the national average. Hmm. So we need to figure out how to investigate this. The other thing that I've always been really an advocate for is for good statistics. You know, when COVID first happened, 50% of the people that were positive did not have demographic information in the report. If we don't know who is getting COVID, how can we make an appropriate policy uh, decision? And the same thing applies to pregnancy. Right now, the, the, the statistics that we have are from 2021. Hmm. Uh, so we, we have artificial intelligence. We should be able to get statistics a little bit more current. Uh, and it's all because these processes are still being done in a very haphazard way. We don't have the urgency right, uh, right. to get this stuff you know, in front of uh, policymakers. The series contains some grim statistics, but it ends on a hopeful note. So where does that hope stem from? So the hope stems from the fact that uh, that this is now being talked about, taught in medical school, that this is being investigated, that we no longer accept the premise that race is a cause of the complications of the morbidity and of the deaths. When I was a medical student, preeclampsia, for example, which is high blood pressure in pregnancy that uh, really kills um, when when it becomes out of control, we were taught that one of the risk factors was being black. We never thought 
what is it about being black? You know, oh, we theorized about genetic changes and whatnot. There ain't no genetic changes. There's, there's nothing genetic about what's happening in maternal mortality in, in this country. It's all about racism. It's all about weathering. It's all about the stressors that people of color are exposed to every day that causes the biological changes. And what's your hope for maternal health in Rhode Island 10 years from now? I think that we should see the effects of all the legislation that we have uh, done in the last few years. The, the fact that we are now covering pregnant women up to one year after delivery uh, with health insurance, regardless of immigration status. The fact that doulas are getting paid for their services before doulas were paid you know privately by people and therefore people of color and poor people couldn't afford it so now it's covered by insurance the fact that we have women and infants hospital which is you know one of the most important centers of research and study in the country and the fact that we have dr tuli who is a real advocate for improving maternal health in women of color I really feel very, very hopeful that in 10 years, we're going to look back and say, you know, remember, you know, <laughs> the, the, the 2024th when we were in such bad shape. And now, thank God, we have changed this situation for the better. Dr. Rodriguez, thank you for joining us today. Always a pleasure. Rhode Island Report is a production of the Boston Globe in collaboration with Rhode Island PBS. Today's episode was produced by Megan Hall with help from Carlos Munoz and Scott Hellman. Audio mixing and mastering by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Our music is from APM. Be sure to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. See you next week. Looking to binge-watch all your favorite PBS shows? You need Rhode Island PBS Passport, Masterpiece, Antiques Roadshow, Rhode Island PBS Weekly, and many more. Watch them all, anytime, and from any streaming device. Learn more about this member benefit at ripbs.org passport. That's ripbs.org passport.